Good day, everybody, and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 Power Star rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 201 are open. This week on the show, we're talking about um, a fair few things here, a fair few things. Um, Mario Golf Super Rush update. There's a Pokemon Snap update, which is very exciting. There's also a bit of a controversy going in the Pokemon Go community and much more. And the talk all about that is my good mate, Ash Wallace. Yes, no, Bryce hello, is not hello. here. Bryce is not here. It's Ash. Um, Bryce was a bit under the weather. So we called in Ash to jump on in and I'm very appreciative of that. I'm looking forward to doing the podcast with him. How you going, Ash? I'm super. Always happy to join in. Always have a blast doing this podcast with you. Excellent, excellent. And for those who don't know Ash, we've had him on the podcast before, talked about his gaming history and all of that. And he's also my co-host on one of our other podcasts, Kraken Furfies, where we talk a lot of crap, we drink some furfies, and we try to uh, bust each other's fake news stories we bring to the table. So that's a lot of fun we have on Thursdays as well. But now we're talking about Nintendo, a very serious topic here, Ash, the Nintendo uh, family of systems, which is just Nintendo Switch at the moment. Which is it's, it's a small family. It's a small family. It has most families grow in size. The Nintendo families continue to reduce in size. Mm, yeah. So in the future, will there be that? Will there be no Nintendo systems? <laughs> the Nintendo family will end its lineage. Mm. Well, that's pretty sad. I quite enjoy Nintendo. <laughs> I'll be, be honest with you. I do too. Also, just something, I've never asked this before. I don't know that I've ever thought it was important, but just while I've got the chance, when Go you say it. at the start of the podcast every time that you're backed by a 120 Power Star rating, mm, what does mm. that mean? Well, you see, there's this little game called Mario 64, and in Mario 64, there are 120 Power Stars, and we have all the Power Stars. We've rejuvenated, we've rejuvenated the castle to its former glory, and that is the House of Mario. So we're backed by 120 ah. Power Stars. Okay. See, I, I knew the 120 Power Stars from Mario 64 and assumed it had something to do with that, but I just didn't know what it actually meant when you said it. <laughs> oh, now you know. No, but no, that makes that makes perfect sense. The House of Mario would be backed by 120 Power Star rating. Yeah. We uh, we didn't cheap out. Uh, we didn't forget one. We didn't not bother just doing like the, the 100 coin challenges on all the levels and that. No, we went and did them all. And here we are doing the podcast. Yeah. Yes. yes, excellent. All right. I'll have to I'll remember that one. Mm. I don't think I I think I was a bit lazy. I don't think I ever did get 120 power stars in my playthroughs of Mario 64. Which in hindsight I wish I did. I don't know why I didn't. I guess I was just not much of a completionist when I was younger. Yeah. Well you you'll have to uh just uh redo that wrong you've got plenty of life left in you ash i'm sure you'll be able to go back and play you're playing through scald sword at the moment so they might remake well, mario was, 64 one day i was one of the silly people that bought the uh mario 35th anniversary pack so i do have it on there but you know i was hoping for more than a very very cheaply done port <laughs> well i'll do you one better i bought it twice so i'm, I'm twice <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I want the digital copy because, you know, that's how I download and play my games. But also Nintendo's strategy of being a bit, being a bit of a dick, it worked. Good on them. Fucking wankers. Wankers over there at Nintendo sometimes. Yeah. Well, mm. I suck. Yeah. I, can't, I still can't believe that they did it like that. But, you know, it is what it is. You get that. Yeah, I guess you get that. 
So, Ash, I just want to take the opportunity to, uh, I guess, formally introduce you as a, a somewhat uh, a semi-regular appearance on the House of Mario. So, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll give myself a clap. No, I'm very happy to be here. Happy to help out where I can. And, yeah, I hope that people enjoy hearing hearing from me because you might be forced to a bit more than you have in the past in the future. Yeah, because like um, I talked about it on the last episode of the podcast, episode 200, um, my partner and I are going to be having a baby and uh, with Bryce already having two kids and commitments and stuff, uh, it might get a little bit harder next year. So just having a, an extra person to call upon if we need their services, their expertise, their opinions, their, their banter, uh, it's going to help us out a lot. And um, just another excuse to work with Ash is always um, a good amount of fun. So I, I do understand when a new host comes on to a podcast, it does take a little bit to get used to him. I know the podcast I listen to, it's very much the same, but I can guarantee you'll love Ash. He's an absolutely fantastic bloke. And um, I couldn't think of anyone better to uh, ask to, to come on. So looking forward to this episode, Aww. Ash. Thank you for the glowing praise. I can assure you that I'm nowhere near as charismatic or as funny as Drew and Bryce, but I'll do my best. Well, that's all, that's all we can ask. That's all we can ask. i tell you what, <laughs> Ash, when, when we started off, we sounded like a, a couple of primary school kids talking about um, muesli bars and Snickers and stuff. <laughs> Just like, oh, how's your lollipop? Uh, it's good lollipop. It's sweet. That's that was pretty much our you, vocabulary. You an LCM? An LCM's kid or a roll-ups kid? Oh, both, man. Both. Chuck and both in my little lunchbox there. Uh, yeah. Roll-ups. I haven't had a roll-up in years, but I would appreciate a roll-up. Um, as a 27-year-old, I wouldn't mind it. It's a bit it's awful for the teeth. Um, yeah, I remember. I'm pretty sure I actually lost a tooth when I was young from eating a roll-up. Like, it ripped it out of my gum. Oh, God. It mm. was, like, already slightly loose, but it wasn't as loose as you would think it would be to lose a tooth. <laughs> it mm. was... Yeah, it was very painful. I really liked it when they're nice and gooey. Like, you warm them up a bit and they're nice and gooey. But what yeah, I, you leave them in the sun. Yeah, what I didn't like is the ones that were, like, a bit older and, like, they, they were, like, cracky and crunchy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. weren't the type or of roll-ups. if it was, like, was really, really cold, it would do that as well. Mm. Get a bit harder and break apart more. Yeah. No, I was a big fan of the roll-ups when I was a kid. <laughs> I think most kids were, though. Yeah, just... They're basically just... Um, just a lolly. Sugar turned into... <laughs> turned into like a sheet of paper. Mm, that's great, great. So how, how's, the, how's the rest of the week been going, Ash, with, um, with work and stuff? Uh, I actually didn't work today. I had the day Ooh. off sick because I had a very poor sleep last night. I went, I sometimes I have problems with my sleep. Last night I mm. went to bed at about 8, 8.30 p.m. and I was still awake at 2 a.m. and I have to get up at like quarter to 5 for work so i was like yeah, i'm not going to work tomorrow yeah right yeah I, i'm so yeah i've been having a similar thing where i just can't get to sleep and like three o'clock comes i'm like oh now i'm now i'm asleep it's not good it's not good no it's no fun is it now um apart from that though it's been pretty good well actually today wasn't so bad anyway having the day off sick i just slept in a bit more a bit later than i would have normally once i did get to sleep got a bit done actually did some cleaning and stuff so that was good uh, apart from that, yeah, through the week here and on the weekend, we couldn't do anything because we're back in lockdown. So when we go into lockdown, I host an online trivia with a heap of my other mates that are also in lockdown over here. We did that. That's always fun. Play some Jackbox after it, which is all also always fun. Yeah, and then 
apart from that, I've been streaming my playthrough of Skyward Sword, and which there's moments that are brilliant, and there's moments that make me want to beat my head against a wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was having a late lunch, and um, I saw you posted in the Discord that you were going live, so oh, jumped on, and uh, yeah, you're up to like one of the trials. I'm like, oh, here we go. So you see how um, Ash reacts to this one, and uh, yeah, a bit <laughs> was, of frustration. That was the- yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like they're not that hard, but there's just really annoying mechanics in them that you have to work around. And yeah, I, it only took me two goes. It wasn't that bad, but it's just, it takes quite a while for you if you fail, like right towards the end. It takes a long time, and then you just have to go and do it all again, mm. <laughs> which is very frustrating. But, you know, it's not that like lots of games have mechanics like that in them. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess they do. Yeah, that was one of the things I just I'm dreading because I I've been playing the game a little bit too slowly now. But I've said that I was going to take my time. I've only done like the <laughs> third dungeon, so I actually haven't gotten up to any of them yet. But I'm just dreading it. I think that's why I'm taking my time and just like, yeah, the the dungeons are fun. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to play this. I just pretend it's the game and not acknowledge that uh, parts <laughs> that are coming up are bits I'm not looking forward to. But anyway, I guess um. We better not get into too much spoilers again because, uh, yeah, Bryce uh, did a rant the other week. Um, do some spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you mentioned that I had said to you previous to that that a couple of times when he said things, I've sort of skipped ahead, so I wasn't hearing mm. it. He doesn't. He's actually pretty good. He doesn't say anything. Very, he never tells anything about the story. No. But, like, some of the stuff he was saying, he was talking about how the mechanics work. And I'm like, oh, but I want to find them out for myself when I work out how to do them. I don't want him to tell me. I guess that's probably just me being pedantic, though. You could you could not play the game, hear him talk about that, and then play it and discover it all for the first time. It's probably exactly the same. But, yeah, I, yeah, think- I just like to go in with completely fresh eyes. I think with uh, Zelda as well, like you don't want the answers to the puzzles. That is the game going into a room and yeah. like, all right, what am I doing? You're looking around. Oh, look, there's a switch I can hit or whatever have you. Uh, so I think that's uh, a lot of it as well. But anyway, hopefully not too many people too worried. Um, but I really want to tell you about this, Ash. I've had a very satisfying day because – And I want, I want to gross you out. I want to gross our listeners out. Let's, uh, let's give it a go. So I had a, I had, I had a, I had a blocked ear for about a, a week or so. Really bothering me, right? So tonight, before we record the podcast, I had about 40 minutes. I'm like, all right, get the shower, get the syringe out. And my God, I clean that ear out, Ash. And uh, oh no, I got a nice little, uh, I got a fair bit out of it. Let's just put it that way. Nice bit of wax. You're not going to show it to me, are you? Oh, no, no, no. Unless you want to. Oh, God. Unless you want me to. Yeah, okay. No, no. I thought you, like, when you were like, I'm going to gross you out, I thought you were going to say, oh, I've got it here. <laughs> I just like, lifted it up. It's like 20 kilos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just li- you've actually just taken your brain out of your ear. <laughs> yeah, it probably was my brain. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Oh, that's a bit awkward. But yeah, anyway, that's uh, nice and gross. But um, as far as like stuff I've been playing, I, I actually had a nice little uh, banquet of video games on the weekend. Sat down about six o'clock and played like a good amount of hours, like an eight-hour session. I played like a bunch of different things, um, mainly like to test them out and stuff with a bunch of updates to current games that were coming out. Um, so probably the game I spent the most time on was Mario Golf Super Rush. They brought out an update that um, introduced Toadette as well as a new Donk City to the um, to the game. And it's actually a really fun course. And just like with uh, the amount of detail that's in that 
level, it really goes to show how sort of bland the other levels look compared to it. Because it's like it's either just like you know, the the uh, kind of standard looking golf course, or you got you know Bowser's Castle and um, the woods, the wet woods area, and just it, it all sort of looks kind of boring compared to New Donk City. So I'm actually really quite impressed with it. I think it offers um, a good amount of varied gameplay on there. Just like there are some holes that are just on the ground, very basic to hit, and I enjoy a nice basic hole. Don't you don't you worry about that. That that's I'm not that great at Mario Golf, so I appreciate that. But there's also some like some tricky shots where on top of buildings you got to hit them from another building to another, and if you go too far it will fall off, or if you don't go far enough it won't make it obviously. And you can do like different trick shots because it's all sort of made of like uh, urban stuff, which is like uh, asphalt or concrete and stuff. And so you're able to bounce the ball really easily, so you can do like a lot of different yeah, trick okay. shots. And I didn't try any of them; I wasn't that game. <laughs> but you can do them. Um, but when I was... Uh, I actually played a lot of it in ranked mode, which is a brand new mode they brought out in this update. And I played through it because I wanted to get to rank A- minus, so I could get the coloured Yoshis. Um, they introduced, oh, yeah. They introduced yep. coloured Yoshi skins for the, um, the character Yoshi, obviously. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. Don't you mean Yoshi? <laughs> no, I mean Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> Better translate it though, just for um, American listeners. Yoshi. Uh, but yeah, I really wanted the red one. I always play as red uh, Yoshi in Mario Kart, so I wanted I wanted it because it's only around for a month. I assume it will go away for a little bit. That reward. So it offered like a really nice incentive to actually get into it. And the ranked yeah. mode, it, it moves it moves at a pretty brisk pace. There's only three holes, and uh, there's like different rules and different sort of uh, regulations you can set yourself as well. So. I just played with um, button controls, but there's like a different ranking system for motion controls as well. So if you oh, do- that's good. Yeah, oh, yeah. So if you want to play motion controls, um, and everyone else is forced to play motion controls on this ranked one, so that that was pretty cool. Um, I never played. I've never played motion controls in my life in Mario Golf. I never will. Um, well, I'm not gonna say never, but actually, apparently they did improve the motion controls for um this new update, but still doesn't get me too excited about it. But um, yeah, getting into the ranked mode, it's a lot of fun. It worked pretty well. It takes a while to, to match make, a bit longer than I would like, just to jump between three holes, just to sort of um, get some experience to up my rank. But it worked pretty well. Um, it did sort of show like a really big flaw in the design of Mario Golf with the specials though, because everyone seemed to save their special for the last hit. And... No one wants to be the first one to hit their ball because if they just hit their ball or do their special first, it'll land on the green and then someone else will be like, all right, you're bugging and just like do the special shot and blast them away. So there'll be like a two-minute wait of just trying to play chicken with everyone else. Be like, all right, hit your ball, man. Hit it. Come on. And then um, then someone's like, bugger it, and they just hit it, being like, oh, I'm going to get you. But then it's like, should you go straight away afterwards? Are you going to be able to get it in the hole quick enough? For the other person not to be able to get you, or are you going to make a grave mistake? And then I, it's sort of, um, it adds like a bit of a strategic element, I guess, to it. But at the same time, it's like you're just like waiting, like, come on, hit your ball. <laughs> yeah, I think that could definitely, especially if you're doing it over and over, trying to rank up as well. Like, I could see that getting quite frustrating. Mm. Like, every single hole, people just waiting, and you're like, come on, I just want to get some XP. Yeah. 
yeah, that's that's all I wanted was the XP. I just wanted my red Yoshi. That's all I wanted. Uh, I think there was a uh, the other colors that they had because it, it was three colors you unlocked. I think it was purple, red, and maybe yellow. Um, yeah, all, all I cared about was the red one, so that's all I sort of focused on. So yeah, that was my Mario Golf. Uh, played Smash Brothers for a fair bit as well. I got almost all of the spirits. I'm just down to three more spirits, and they were uh, uh, Saki, Sak, what's, it called? what's the game called? Sakinya of Rice and Ruin. They introduced uh, like special limited edition uh, spirits that were only around for like a weekend, and that was back in J- July, and I missed it. So now I've got to wait for that to rotate back in to get the last three spirits in yeah. the game. I'm just like, come on. It's just so annoying. I, w- I was like hoping that they'll like just add it into the game. So I was I used all my items to like re sort of shuffle the uh, spirit board, see if they come up. And even if they were in the game, getting them to come up out of 1,400 spirits was literally going to be like winning the lottery. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe not. So I've got to wait for that to come back in to actually get all the spirits, which is a little bit annoying. I was really going to, I was really sort of gunning to get them that, uh, that night. Um, and we, we actually haven't talked about it on the show that much just because of the last couple of weeks, we've had a bit going on with, um, Sean Capri on as a guest in episode 200, but, uh, been playing Pokemon Unite. I've only sat down with it like a little bit, about three hours, one night played with Bryce and a few members of our, um, House of Mario discord. Um, but Ash, I know you played this a little while ago as well, and you have experience with MOBAs in the past. Um, so it'd be interesting to hear your take on this. But my take, just um, just really quickly, is that it, it's fun. Uh, it's definitely got problems, and uh, I don't want to spend money on it because it's ten cent. And yeah, don't really like ten cent too much. Yeah. Um, but Ash, what's what's your sort of take on this? So I don't have heaps of experience with MOBAs. Uh, the MOBA, the MOBA that I play is called Heroes of the Storm, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the laughing stock of MOBAs in most people's eyes, and I can completely understand that. Because it's it's a very stripped back version of all the other MOBAs. It's like nowhere near as um, as technical. So, but I prefer it that way. It's just simpler. It's much easier to play. It's much more accessible for new people. Because that was how I started playing MOBAs. I'd never played them before. And that was the one I started playing because it was just so much simpler than all the other ones. But um, yeah, I think that I could say the same thing. The game is fun. It's actually, it's really fun. But it definitely has a lot of problems, and they're like big problems too. Like the, there's the balance. There's no balance at all. I wouldn't even say it's a balancing issue. I just don't think they even bothered with balance when they built it. Mm. <laughs> um, there's yeah. There's just lots of things. There's way way too many menus. It takes me so long to find the specific menu I need to like change the particular item that I want to change, and because like they're all confusingly named too like i'm um, there's like you get a held item i think you can pokemon can have two items i think one's a held item and one is like a i can't remember what the other one's called a power item or something like that but you can only change one of them from the items menu and the other one you can only change in the pre-game lobby but i just don't understand that cuz why doesn't it just let me change it in the other menu when i'm in the main menu why do i need to be in a pre-game lobby to change that one and then there's like other things as well something that really bothers me i don't know if other people have issues with this or if it's just me and i'm just an idiot but on the on screen hud like the ui when you're in a game the 
I'm just going to pick up the controller to work it out. So the top button that you can see on the screen because it shows you what your abilities are and they're mapped to the buttons, but the top one is the ZR button and the bottom one is the R button. And I just so I'm looking at the screen when I'm playing, I just keep getting my abilities backwards because I'm pressing them based at like top and bottom. And I do it like every time without fail. And I just find it so frustrating. It's like, why didn't they just map them the other way around on the screen? You don't even need to change which ability is which. Just change with their positions on the screen. I And yeah, I just don't understand it. There's a lot of things like that. Like, that, But I think this is all stuff that will get cleaned up. This is a, like a brand new foray into this type of game, especially for anything to do with Pokemon. Mm. Yeah, it, it's a lot of like, it's, it was going to be rough at the start. I think it was, uh, there was no, they were not going to get it right to begin with. Hopefully they fix it. And another one of the big problems is it's got massive pay to win elements, which everybody is complaining about. So hopefully they fix that up a bit as well. Cause yeah, it's, it's the, buried in that mess of menus and pay to win is a fun, good game. Another thing that I've experienced is I've played it with a few of my mates, a few of them that you know as well. Um, we just don't seem to ever win when we play against people, but then when you play against the CPUs, the games are too easy. Yes. And it's, there's no <laughs> in-between. Like, you can't change difficulties for the CPUs. They're just whatever the CPU difficulty is. They're so easy. Like, I don't think I've ever died in a game against a CPU. And then as soon as you play against real people, even though you've got people on your team with you, we just get flogged. I've never won a game against people, and I've probably played maybe about 20, 25. And, yeah, I just, like, I don't know if... I'm doing something wrong or everybody I play against is just really good. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that comes down to like balance issues as well. Maybe I'm playing bad Pokemon and I just don't know it, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just bad. I might be making excuses for me being a scrub. No, well, no, I've had, I had the exact same experience as you. Like I jumped into it. My very first game was just a match made um, online by myself, just into a random team and we just absolutely smoked them. I'm like, yeah, here we go. Drewy and the Mobas, see? Not so shabby. <laughs> then um, then uh, Bryce was streaming at the time. And so, oh, well, we'll jump on. Let's uh, jump on. I think it was myself, Wacko, Jacko, um, Funder um, from Discord. And we jumped on. We just got we got rolled. We had like, all right, boys, let's, uh, let's try and work out what we're doing. Bryce was trying to like tell us where to go. He had experienced a lot of experience with League of Legends. So he was like, you know. Um, go top lane, go bottom lane. I'll go in the jungle. I'm like, what the hell's the jungle? So it's the middle bit. All right, man. All right. Learning all these different terminologies I've never heard in my life. Um, but um, yeah, we, we got a bit better, but we didn't end up winning as that team. But Vince, all right, let's try a game. Let's go back to what I was doing before, just a random match. And uh, yeah, just went straight back to winning again. I'm like, yeah. So I don't know if that's something like Tencent have implemented to be like, get people jumping into it, make them feel good. Uh, and then, then when you're online, it's like then a very ruin their story. lives. <laughs> yeah, then ruin their lives. Yeah, because they do want people to just get invested with it, enjoy it, so they do spend money. And that that is my biggest issue as well. Just how they just, I hate it. Like with Pokemon Go, like you can get by without spending any money. Yes, it's a pain in the ass because your bag storage is nowhere near as big enough as you would like for your Pokeballs. Your your Pokemon storage is nowhere near enough if you just want to like if you really want to like collect and all that. So you will put money into it that way. But you can get you can there's no pay the win elements in that game necessarily. There's a pretty strong PvP element of that game as well. 
But with this game, it's like, if you want held items, which boost your Pokemon stats or abilities, you get them through paid, basically paid services. And I think you can unlock them, but, um, you know, it takes that long to get there, um, which is just, yeah, so just frustrating. If, if you're in the early levels, then you're just losing to the people that have already paid for them rather than leveled yeah. to get them. Yeah. So it's like you can say you can unlock them by playing them, but you you struggle to win if you play it like that because the people that have bought them beat you. Yeah. And like going into it, I just assumed that it was going to be uh, battle passes, um, unlocking like the licenses. They're called Unite licenses in this. So if you want to play as Pikachu all the time, even if it's not in rotation, um, you can play as Pikachu. Like I've, I've got no no worries with spending under 10 bucks for, I guess, a character. I've got no problem with dressing that character up, putting a different costume on. I've got no problem with buying a battle pass to unlock better things as you're progressing. Got no problem with any of those things, but it's the items, which I really have a problem with um, going into it. And, you know, I guess you can suck it up and be like, you know what, I'm going to buy the Rocky helmet. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to spend 10 bucks on the fucking Rocky helmet. <laughs> but then it's 10 cent as well, which, um, you know, 10 cent... Um, very, very involved with the Chinese government. Chinese government, very, <laughs> very uh, shady figure in the world at the at the moment. Always has been. Um, so it's a it's a little bit harder to uh, yeah, to get invested in just from that point of view. Um, yeah, but I think I'll still be I'll still try and play it as free as I can. But yeah, unfortunately, I don't know how much I'll be really getting into it because I see like content creators and stuff and I dare say they're playing it and maybe putting a smile on just to make content. I don't know whether they're generally really enjoying it or not, but yeah, I would like to play it more. Just don't want to really get involved with this pay the win stuff as much. Yeah. I've, I've like, as I said, I've had fun with it. I think the game is fun. Don't get me wrong. I think that it's a mess, but I think that it's fun. The gameplay itself, once you've gotten past all the menus and you're in-game, and you, if you're not getting stomped, which seems to happen to us a lot, but <laughs> if it's a good game, the game is fun. It is a good game. Yeah. I Like, if you were wondering whether to try it out or not, I'd say try it. Give it a go. You might love it. You might find something new. It's not a game that was, like, awful. It's got a lot of problems that need to be fixed, but hopefully they fix it because usually, like, most of the time when creators bring out games and there's the fans complain about them nonstop, they'll they'll fix them. It's like, look at what EA did with Battlefront. They shut down all of the paid services on it when that came out. Mm. Hopefully, they'll listen, though, yeah. whether they do or not. Yeah, EA get, like, a lot of slack for, you know, what they did with Battlefront, and rightfully so, but to be honest, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, they listened. They did change it, which at the, at the end of the day, you know, what can what can you ask of them? That, they, they did what you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately for the for them, the game was dead by the time they had made the changes. Mm, mm, yeah. But that's they're, they're now they realise that they shouldn't have released it like that in the first place because they did it with the first one too, and the exact same thing happened. But they never changed that one. Yeah. Anyway, it, was, it, yeah. it wasn't so bad with the first Battlefront, but um, the, the second one was a whole. Oh my God, I yeah. you're wasting my time and money, guys. Like this is not worth anyone's time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you're definitely right with that. The first one was nowhere near as bad, but the first one definitely did have those elements as well. All right. So I've just got like another couple of um small indie games to talk about. Um, did you play Dead Cells back in the day, Ash? 
<laughs> yeah, I did. I'm yeah. like a funny story mm-hmm. about Dead Cells when I was trying to play it at PAX. Before, I think it was must have been before it was out. But just like every time I went to, went to play it, it was always a massive line. And then like the two times I actually was there and managed to get my hands on the controller to start playing it. I was waiting outside of a panel and then they started going in as soon as I picked up the controller. (laughs) So I never actually got to play it at PAX. And then like it came out and I played a little bit of it. I never got two wins. It was really fun, but yeah, I don't know. It was just one of those games I played a few times and then sort of fell off of. But yeah, yeah, Dead Cells, good game. Yeah, like in 2018, I I loved Dead Cells. But I, I just didn't want to, I guess, make the commitment of like getting through it and finishing it. And I just treated that as like a score attack game. But like the couple of years since, I've always been thinking about it. I've been like, it's so much fun. I love the gameplay. I think uh, that gameplay is like some of the funnest and just smoothest gameplay just on like a, a 2D, uh, I guess, roguelike game. So it's just, it's just been always on the back of my mind. And recently I've been like, you know what? Just do it, man. Let's get into it. Let's try and finish this bloody game. Um, so that that's my goal at the moment. I picked it up on the weekend. I'm like, all right, let's see if I can make a bit more progress. I don't have to do it all in you know a month or anything like that. I can do it over the, the course of the next year, just something to keep go- coming back to. Try and make it my comfort food because if it becomes my comfort food, Ash, I'll bloody gorge that thing and um, just, <laughs> just get fat on it um, instead of going back to Smash Brothers. And, you know, I can't get the spirits at the moment, so... I'm all right on that front, but just an absolutely fantastic game. I'm sure majority of people know about it, but if they don't, it's um, just basically like a, uh, a 2D roguelike game where you try and do, um, you go for runs, basically, try and progress level to level. Once you die, you lose all your items, you go back to the start, but you do make some progression via collecting, um, I think they, what are they called? I think they're called spirits. Yeah, they are spirits. You collect spirits along the way from defeating enemies and you can spend those spirits on uh, permanent upgrades. Like uh, you're able to heal yourself like one, two or three times. The more you upgrade, you're able to keep money once you die as well. There's like multiple upgrades as well, perks and um, stuff as you go along. So just a really, really awesome. So I'm glad that I've decided to pick it back up. So let's see if I actually stick with it. Um, At the end of the year, I'll ask myself, Drew, did you keep playing it? And if it's a no... Bad, Drew. Bad. <laughs> um, and also, just uh, there's a lot, lot, lot of stuff to catch up on the last couple of weeks, but um, I haven't talked about it on a normal episode, but Trigger Witch. Trigger Witch, really awesome game by Rainbite. Um, for those that don't know who Rainbite are, uh, it's uh, the guys who made Reverie back in 2000, and, I think it was 18 as well. Uh, came to Nintendo Switch. Everyone looked at it and said, oh, look, it's an Earthbound game, but it was pretty much nothing like Earthbound. It was just <laughs> like a, a kind of a Zelda-like game. Really short one. It took about, uh, I think, about five hours to complete, but it was based in, like, like uh, I guess, remote New Zealand and it had, like, a lot of New Zealand references and stuff, and it's just really, really cool, really unique game, and they've come back and they've uh, made a brand-new game called Trigger Witch, which is basically a twin stick shooter Zelda-like game where you play as a witch, but instead of using spells and stuff, you're using firearms. So you're shooting just like mythical animals in the face and blood spraying everywhere. And it's uh, really quite funny, just uh, a nice pixel art style. And a friend of the show, John O'Peck, has um, wrote the game. So I actually recorded a couple of episodes talking all about the game 
and uh, did a spoiler cast with him as well, which is already on the feed. Um, once you finish the game or anything like that, go and check out the spoiler cast. It was a lot of fun, a lot of insight into how the game was written. So yeah, I, I absolutely love the game. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since I played it now, but just uh, really, really great. Definitely recommend it. And uh, congrats to MetaDocs who got the free code I included at the start of that episode as well. I put out a code and um, MetaDocs got it. So I hope you're enjoying it, Meta. Hope you're enjoying it. Have you seen this game, Ash, or is it... Um, it has yeah, been- I've had a look at it. Yeah. I haven't... Honestly, I haven't really been keeping up with a lot of new games coming out since uh, Skyward Sword came out because I haven't wanted to be like... I've been wanting very much to not see a new game. Then I'll be like, oh, I want to get that, and I'll get that and start playing it, and then stop playing Skyward Sword. Mm. So I'm trying to just stick with this for the time being. So I have not I have looked at that. I actually know the reason I know, have looked at it and I know about it is because of your podcast. Um, but that's something I might look into. Like, I'll probably get it once I finish Skyward Sword. But, yeah, no, it does look really good. I reckon it looks amazing, actually. The art, the art style is a cool as and the whole story and everything's really cool as well so yeah i reckon it'll be a great palette cleanser as well after a big long game like that you'll be able to finish this in about eight hours or so and it goes by really quickly i played it in handheld mode just uh, going through it and um the time goes really quick really did enjoy it i can't recommend it enough actually i think it's going to be a game at, at the end of the year where it's going to be on our list for game of the year um like i, I really did enjoy it i know i am biased i will have to say because Friend of the show, John Peck, friend of mine, wrote the game. Um, but, you know, if I didn't like it, I'll fucking tell John into his face. <laughs> but I- that brutally honest. <laughs> uh, I said on the show, like, it would be awkward if I um, I said to him, I'd be awkward if I didn't like it. And it's like, hmm. So this game, I really don't like it. It's like an hour discussion. Oh, John, what, what, you what were you thinking with this point? Like- <laughs> yeah, so this, this was ridiculous, man. But no, really fun, really fun. So, yeah, I've been playing Skyward Sword as well, Ash, but don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, you're very, you're very medium pace, I would say. Yes, my, oh, it was, it's not medium pace, man. I just like, I got to a point where I was a bit frustrated just with the controls and stuff. I talked about it to you um, the other week where I just like, I couldn't, I'm like, I can't, this puzzle, like, it's just really annoying. You're like, Drew, dude, just pick up the, it was, it was a bit in the desert where I had to pick up like the, a, Oh, but not spoil it. Anyway, it was annoying me <laughs> in case no one's up to it. Yeah, there are so many sections that are, have very frustrating mechanics and controls. And every time it happens, it always seems to be like a kind of unnecessary part as well. And I'm like, why did they even add this part that I'm doing right now into the game? But anyway. <laughs> yes. All right, Ash, anything else you'd like to talk about before we get into the news? Um, no, I don't really have much else to share. As I said, I've just been playing Skyward Sword, really. I've been playing Rocket League as well. That's They're still constantly adding new content to that, so that's fun. Always good to play Rocket League. It's a great one to just play with friends when you don't really care what's happening. Is that your comfort food, Rocket League? Yeah, probably, lately. I think it changes. It used to be always between like Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm, but Overwatch is horrible now. And Heroes of the Storm just gets no updates. So now it's Heroes of the Storm and Rocket League, mostly Rocket League. We've just been having loads of fun with that lately just because it's... I know it's just like the the worst thing to do, but we get on there just like trash talking everyone. But even when we're getting caned, (laughs) we still trash talk. And it's just like... It's just 
so much fun because we're not the kind of people we don't go on there and abuse other people. We just like say stuff that doesn't even make sense, but it's like just yeah, I don't even know how to explain it. But we find it so funny, and the other people are just like, "What are you talking about?" Just just get in their heads, just like as they're going for a goal. So you won't get that goal, you bloody loser. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a bit hard to do it like that through text chat, but I mean, most of oh, the time text, when you're right, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just the in-game text channels. But yeah, most of the time, because it's cross-platform now as well, most of the time you're playing with people because if they're on a different platform, they can't see your text chat. Mm. So we're all on PC. Most of the time we're playing with people that aren't on PC. So we're just, we're typing stuff, but only we can see it. And we know that, but we still type. Yeah, I need to get, no, I need to get back in the Rocket about. League. I like the play because uh, I, I already liked it. But when it went free to play, I just kind of um, forgot about it. I don't know why. That's, no, that's fair enough. I can see why. You, I haven't played it for ages until we started getting into it again, which was literally because we kind of got back into it a little bit a few months ago, but then sort of fell off it again. But it's in like the last I don't know, two or three weeks, we've been just playing it flat out. And it's just... It's one of those things where it's like if there's no two games that you will play that will be the same. Every game you play is different. And you're always like, there's always stuff happening that you've never seen before. And yeah, and it's just a very simple, it's got like the perfect um, like format for me as well. Because I'm not really into games like multiplayer games. We have to sit down and it'll take ages. I like the real short snappy games. Like you can get in, you can play three games in like 15, 20 minutes perfect that's what i really liked about overwatch as well that was a bit longer but it was the same thing your games were short it was quick and to the point or not to the point depending on what kind of player you are <laughs> um yeah i never got into the games that take a lot longer and yeah that format just works really well for me so that's probably another reason that rocket league just works so well for me yeah uh i remember on on switch it actually performed all right on switch yeah i've played it a fair bit on switch as well it yeah, it does perform surprisingly well on there. There's no there is no anti aliasing when it's on the Switch though, so it's pretty jaggy. Mm. <laughs> but no, it looks fine for, for what it is, definitely. Like you don't need it to be better than that. But I yeah, I've got it on my PC. It definitely is much better than that on my PC. Need to boot it up on the Series X or something, see what it looks like there. Well, I've got it on my PS5 as well, just because I already owned it on there, but I think it's free now anyway. But it actually looks really good on there. It looks just as good as it does on my PC, but it should because the yeah. PS5 has ray tracing and my PC doesn't, so it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. will concern if it didn't actually. Yeah, so but my, my PC is definitely still more powerful than my PlayStation. So what's the point of you if you don't have ray tracing? Where's the Switch ray tracing, okay? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> where's the switch anything <laughs> yeah. yeah where's the where's those extra frame rates i'm missing hey where they going looking under the couch where's the frame rates <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're just playing breath of the wild and you get to the uh, the forest and your frame rates drop where'd they go hey hey where'd the, where'd the oh, frame rate man go? that that forest when i walked in there for the first time i was like oh no yeah, just like oh, it's, it's very pretty though. Very pretty though. Like you know what? Yeah, it is very pretty. Frame rate, frame. Who cares? <laughs> Am I right, boys? That's, that's what they said at Nintendo. All right, Ash. Let's uh, let's get through some news. Nothing too big this week, but there's been a bit of drama in uh, some Nintendo communities as well as uh, some 
interesting sales figures, which we'll jump into as well. Everyone loves some sales figures. I know Bryce loves the sales figures, but it's all right. He's not here. Is that all? I fight for my friends. My body is still. I just remembered all of a sudden, oh, Bryce isn't here to do a stupid bit. Oh, well, I better say something. I just said exactly what Ike says. So that didn't really. I could have I could have tried, but I would have been just timing it to try and work it out because when you play those, they cut out for mm. me. Yeah, so we're, we're doing this over the power of the internet. So Ash cannot hear when I do that because it's too much bandwidth for Discord. So at, at a. Yes, unfortunately. At Discord saying, up your bandwidth on Twitter. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the first one. So there's been a fair bit of controversy and uh, community uproar in the Pokemon Go community. Uh, before we start, Ash, I assume I'm boring you with this. You don't play Pokemon Go at all or you've dabbled in it. What's I, your history here? Yeah, there is no history. I don't think I've ever played Pokemon never. Go. Not even never, in 2016? Never, I huh. don't think I've ever downloaded the app. Why is this? Nope. Why is I this, Ash? That it's- no, I don't know, really. I just never did. Yeah, I enough. looked at it and I was like, oh, that looks kind of cool. I think it actually, you know what? It might have been the craze of every, because it was so popular then. It might have put me off of it. I mm. thought it was a bit annoying, oh, maybe. A bit of a hipster just, here, eh? <laughs> I'm anything but a hipster. <laughs> no, I'm more of a just a... I'm. <laughs> this almost sounds lame. I'm very cynical more than being a hipster. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, there's no real reason, I guess. I was put off for a bit when that happened, and then once it settled down, and yeah, I just never got in, never started playing it. I don't know. Maybe I was just too busy at the time into other things. It was a long time ago. I can't really remember what was going on at the time. <laughs> it actually was. It was like a bit over five years ago now, and yeah, um, God, that, just that's wild. <laughs> just people people getting into it who have never like played a Nintendo uh, console, who have never really gotten into Pokemon and just everyone was playing it. I remember being at soccer and in the changing rooms, everyone's got their phones out playing Pokemon Go. I'm like, really? You're playing Pokemon? That's amazing. And just because I remember it just came out of beta and like, oh, it released. It just it sort of, they just picked a normal day, just random day for it to come out. Oh, look. Okay, cool. That's a Pokemon thing. I'm keen to give a go. It's free. Why not? And uh, it just blew up. I could not believe how big it became. Like I know Pokemon's, is Pokemon, but Jesus Christ, everyone was playing. Yeah, everyone. I remember. I actually do remember. I went on a. Well, I went to Sydney. It would have been not. I can't remember exactly how long, how recently it had come out at the time. But I went to Sydney. We went over there to watch some footy, and we watched one of the State of Origin games as well. Mm. And I remember we were walking down the. Um, I don't know what it's called, the wharf or whatever it is, down towards the Sydney Opera House. And it was like yeah. getting to later at night. It was pretty dark. And it's like we were, because we were tourists. I don't think I'd ever been to Sydney before at the time. And so we were like looking around and looking at everything. Every single other person that was walking down that wharf was looking at their phones because they were all playing Pokemon Go. And I was like, this is insane. Yeah. I, <laughs> I couldn't I, believe it. Even our small town, like myself, Bryce, we'll, we'll go out in the car. We'll go, uh, you know, spinning Pokestops, catching Pokemon. And the town, like at 12 o'clock, usually it's dead quiet, but the town was 
it was it was pretty busy. There's people driving around playing this game, and I can imagine just like the confusion for cops and just you know business owners <laughs> looking at the security cameras and that being, why the fuck is there so many people down the street? What's going on? But um, sort of sort of since then, the the game has you know it's had its highs, its lows. It's never seen the amount of people playing it as it did back in 2016, but. Uh, the last couple of years have been some of the most profitable years for that game since it launched. Like, and um, and with the coronavirus, they introduced a lot of new features and uh, sort of changed uh, different implementations of uh, their features to actually really make the game better. Not only for living in lockdown and not being able to go out around the town freely as you once could, but it was just really useful features that they introduced. There was um, remote raids. So no longer do you have to go out and um, sit in your car to do a gym battle. You could just have a remote pass from your house and you could play it if you could see um, see it from your house or someone could invite you from the other side of the world and you can join that way. So I think that made the game a lot better. And one feature uh, a lot of people really liked, including myself, is they changed the radius that you could interact with poker stops and gyms. So it used to be 40 meters and they doubled it to 80 meters. And this was a great, this was like a really useful feature. It doesn't sound like too much, but just the idea of being able to reach stuff without having to go right up to it or maybe even in a city, like cluster together to go to like a gym or something, just a really, really useful feature. And a lot of people also pointed out that say, if you're in a wheelchair, if you're on crutches, if you've got a disability of some sort that uh, um, permits you from being able to get to an area, you're still able you're probably still able to get there because they extended the reach. Like it's just a fantastic feature. And um, a lot of these features are getting removed soon, if not already now in the US and New Zealand. And uh, a lot of the Pokemon Go community, they were not happy about this, um, you know, because it is, they made the game better with these features and taking taking them away, um, even though the pandemic isn't over, well, that's, that's another issue in itself. Like the pandemic isn't necessarily over. It's just sort of um, you know, a bit a uh, bit dumb on Niantic's part. So a lot of people on Twitter, whether it's uh, content creators for Pokemon Go or just general players, they started the hashtag HearUsNiantic and they put together a letter that um, put together a lot of interesting points about why they should keep these features implemented in the game, you know, mainly for safety, accessibility, respect, a lot of these um, you know, sort of things that these enhanced um, area allows you to do. And um, they're waiting for a response to see if they could get a response from uh, Niantic. And they got a response in in this. So this is from NianticLabs.com. And it's titled, A Response to Our Pokemon Go Community. And it reads, To our Pokemon Go community, we appreciate your letter and all of your feedback. We hear you. We are humbled by your response. Not every game has such a passionate global base uh, that we're fortunate enough to have. Like everyone else around the world, our team has been working very hard to adapt to the global health environment. The recent exploration bonuses we've made in the US and New Zealand are designed to restore some of the uh, foundational elements players enjoyed prior to 2020 and reward players once again for moving and exploring, encouraging people to explore, exercise and safety uh, play together in person remains Niantic's mission. The health and well-being of players is our top priority, uh, which is why we have implemented the new exploration bonuses in select ge- geographies where where it is deemed safe to be outside. Research has shown that talk, taking walks outside is safe 
and uh, confers uh, several health benefits. Uh, they're more, uh, furthermore, uh, encouraging outdoor exploration in keeping with Niantic's vision. That said, we will continue to monitor health and safety guidances related to outdoor activities and we'll make future changes if necessary. We have heard your feedback about one change in particular, that the poker stop and gym interaction distance. We reverted the distance uh, from 80 meters back to the original 40 meters starting in the US and New Zealand because we wanted people to connect with real places in the world and, and to visit places that are worth exploring. However, we have heard your input loud and clear. So, and so to address the concerns you have raised, we are taking the following actions. We are assembling a an international cross-functional team uh, to develop proposals that de- designed to preserve our mission of inspiring people to explore the world together, while also addressing several concerns that have been raised regarding interaction distance. We'll also share the findings of this task force by the next game season, which starts in September 1st. As part of this process, we'll also be reaching out to the community leaders in the upcoming days to join in on this dialogue. Uh, our goal is to build a fun and engaging experiences that remain true to our mission. And we thank you for challenging us with thoughtful and constructive feedback, the Niantic team. So I know you don't play Pokemon Go at all, Ash, literally, in your whole life. You're a very rare person, Ash. Look, I've found one, everyone. I found yeah, I one. Know. Someone who hasn't played Pokemon Go. Jesus Christ. But... um. Just, uh, I guess, from my perspective of someone who hasn't, um, oh, sorry, for someone who actually quite enjoys Pokemon Go and I've spent probably a bit too much money in it as well, um, it's good that they listen. It's good that we've gotten some feedback. Um, it's it's a, it's a little bit sort of weird thing to say they're going to put together a task force. Like, I do, I do get that they like, we want people to be going outside, interacting with one another. What makes Pokemon Go such a good game is the fact people are going outside and they are meeting people. They are interacting with the community and the stronger that community is, the more passionate they are about the game and the more likely they are are to spend money in said game. Like I get that. If people are just stuck inside and like, ah, this is boring because I'm just tapping my phone inside. What the hell is the point of this? (laughs) They're going to lose interest maybe a bit quicker. So I do, I do sort of understand why Niantic will want to keep people engaged outside, but really an 80 meter radius instead of a 40 meter radius does not change that whatsoever. Like it, it, it just doesn't. You still got to go outside. You don't have to get as close to people, but apart from that, it's pretty much the same thing. So I don't know what this task force is going to find. I guess we're going to be waiting until uh, September 1st for people that do play this game. But a lot of content creators they have who like specialize in Pokemon Go. They are sort of been like. You know what? We're gonna we're, not, we're gonna sort of uh, stop playing the game until this happens. Like it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty big thing just in um like the the niche of Pokemon Go. But how does it strike you as a as someone who's a part of other gaming communities? Would you be happy with this response from say um you <laughs> know don't really want to say their name, but the, the makers of Overwatch? You know you're you're playing <laughs> you're playing Overwatch, but I knew that this is where you were going with it. And they um and they didn't listen to a lot of feedback from their community, and that game sort of just they never man. never did. Even when the game died, they were like, "Nah, we're still right. You guys are wrong." Um, no, I think it. I don't like that at all as a response. It sounds like, like I understand the same as you said. They're trying to get people out there. They're trying to get them to do like interact with each other and everything. But yeah, it's mainly the 
like they're putting together a task force. It's, it sounds like they're just like a lot of it sounded really confusing to me. I didn't know, like I didn't quite understand a lot of it. They're using like a lot of um technical like jargon and like wh- why put you know what what it did before and what it did after you changed it. Why do you need to make a task force <laughs> to look into it? Yeah, I don't understand that at all. That just doesn't make sense. Because I've been watching a few uh, Pokemon Go players talk about this on YouTube, and um, I was listening to uh, was it, what's his name Mystic Mystic Seven I think it's Mystic Seven anyway I just call him Mystic. Um, he's a pretty prominent player in LA in the states, and he was saying that they Niantic actually hired like a person who directly takes uh, you know, the people's feedback, brings it back to the game. And the game was really focused on the community for many years. But for whatever reason, that, that um, particular person has left. So now it is just now like there's not that sort of bridge between the community and Niantic. And I don't know if that task force is just like bringing this person's role back. I'm not quite sure. But we're going to find out um, when the next season rolls around in... Um, start of September, so we'll find out then. But uh, for anyone that is still playing, there is a Pokemon Go Community Day this uh, weekend. It's Eevee. It goes for two weeks. Um, and this one this one has me a little bit excited because I want shiny Eevee and I want all shinies of all the evolutions. So you'll be able to get many Eevee and evolve them into different things. So that's cool. If you're still playing, if, you, if you're really um, upset about this, personally for me, um, but if they keep the features, I'm going to enjoy the game a lot more. If they get rid of them, I'm not going to be playing as much. It's it's that simple, Niantic. Like I spent a lot of money because I enjoyed the game a lot in 2019 and 2020. But if these features go, I'm going to enjoy it less and spend less money. So that's that's where I come down to it. I haven't spent money yeah, in that, that game for a while. That's another thing as well. Is that like I knew enough about Pokemon Go and enough about all the changes and everything they made. To know that, like it received the changes that they made received just like glowing unanimous praise from everyone. Nobody didn't like the changes, from what I understand, anyway. Mm. And now they've said they're going to change it all back. People want them to keep it the way it is, and they're just like, no. And it seems like that's just a, that's kind of just seems to me. It seems like a fuck you to the community. When they got praised for making the changes because they made the game better, like obviously they made it safer as well during the pandemic, but they made the game better. Mm. And now they just wanted the pandemic's not even over. And they're like, yeah, we're going to change it back. And the community was, well, we like it this way because it made, it actually made us enjoy the game more. Can you leave it? And they just go, no, no, we can't. We can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it's up to them. Hopefully they come to the conclusion that, yeah, you know what? What's the harm? People are still going outside. People are still meeting each other. The community is still engaging with one another. It's just uh, at a, a more luxurious distance. <laughs> That's, it's pretty simple. It's a really such a simple thing. Um, but yeah. anyway. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to some really exciting things. Let's talk about some quarter one 2021 financial <laughs> results from the big end here. So I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I do enjoy talking numbers, Bryce. I put Bryce asleep here. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I don't put you to sleep just as quick. But we won't talk about it for... I won't drag on too much. But I've brought up an article from Vooks.net, which sums it up really nicely. 
So the article reads, It's a new financial year and Nintendo's Q1 results are in. This period of sales is between April 2021 and June 2021. There's several new games in this period, and we're keen to see how Animal Crossing New Horizons is tracking. During the reported period, Nintendo sold 4.45 million Switch consoles. Uh, 3.31 million million of them are the flagship model, and just 1.14 for the Lite. Nintendo says hardware is down because of the Switch Lite underperforming, and because, well, they didn't have Animal Crossing New Horizons release. Speaking of that, New Horizons shifted another 1.26 million, taking the total sold to 33.89 million copies, which is just ridiculous. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, outsold it in the same period with 1.69 million units. Nice. Uh, (laughs) It's still the uh, best-selling game on Nintendo Switch at Uh, 37.08 million. And uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, at the time that these results came out, so start of June, oh, end of June, sorry, is only uh, 300,000 off overtaking Mario Kart Wii as the best-selling Mario Kart game in the series. And, you know, we're at the start of August now, so it's it's overtaken it. It's definitely it's definitely overtaken yeah. it by, by um, a little bit now. So um, congratulations, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Let's, let's overtake the Mario Kart Wii. Mario Kart Wii was in my humble opinion pretty shit all right so i'm i'm happy that the best mario kart has overtaken it yes yes it's the best one that's what i'm saying here uh mario golf super rush with only a handful of days on sale is already the second best mario golf the second best selling sorry mario golf game not the not the second best that's for sure um golf game uh, there was no update to any uh, 3DS figures because, you know, they're not selling any of them, so why would there be? Um, so that takes us to the total of total number of Nintendo Switches sold, which is now sitting at 89.04 million uh, units sold. So that's a lot of units. Nintendo is continuing to crush it. So from the last financial quarter... Um, that's up from 84.59 million units. So they've sold a nice amount of uh, consoles in the quarter. Um, it is interesting, though, that like the Switch Lite, when they announced that, uh, it was like a fair bit cheaper, smaller. People might be looking for it for their kids and stuff. And you think it would be like a big seller. And it's no slouch at uh, 15 or almost 16 million sold. But, you know, just it hasn't taken any interest away from the normal switch. You can see that people are really hungry for the main feature that the switch offers, which is also playing on your TV and being able to take it with you. So it might've been a little bit of a miss, maybe not including like a, a little, just a little tiny dongle or something to be able to actually project that image onto your TV as well. Even if it's not as smooth as like having the dock and stuff. But a few more sales figures for the games that came out this year. So Pokemon Snap sitting at a very respectful 2.0 million copies sold. So that's a a nice amount for the uh, Pokemon Snap. I think there's a lot of uh, hype around that game coming out. So it's no no surprise that it sold well. Miitopia, this is is actually a kind of surprising one. So this is a port of the uh, 3DS game. From uh, Grezzo, who you may recognize from the Legend of Zelda ports and remakes from 3DS and uh, Switch as well. But that's at 1.04 million copies. So, wow, <laughs> that was worth porting. You, you wouldn't think it would sell that well, but even I bought it. I haven't put it into my Switch yet, but I bought it. 
I bought it. It was on sale. I don't think. But mm. yeah, sorry. I don't think um I'd ever even heard of Metopia until I heard you guys talking about it on the podcast. I never heard about it on the 3ds. <laughs> it came out like late in the 3ds's life. It was one of those titles that you know you 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 were playing your Switch. You weren't looking at these games necessarily yeah, okay. if you because even for me just like i love the 3ds but at the end of like a system's life you just you want the next thing especially when the next thing's already out <laughs> yeah and you're playing definitely. breath of the wild you're playing spittoon 2 you're playing arms you're waiting for mario odyssey you're not like you know you're not playing <laughs> metopia but then they re-release it for more expensive on the switch then you play it then you play it <laughs> and uh mario golf super rush it's at 1.5 Three four million units sold, and uh, the biggest seller for the year is the port of uh, Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury at six point six eight million copies. So just a tremendous. Uh, I think that's a really great port as well. I think Bowser's Fury was a a great addition to um, Mario 3D World, and Mario 3D World is a fantastic game in itself. And I'm just looking at the camera here, Ash. Did you swallow your water the wrong way? What is going on for the the audio yeah. listeners? I didn't yeah. hear any. Oh, didn't hear God. any coughs or anything. You're I dying. was definitely coughing. I tried to do it as quietly and away from the microphone as I could. Oh God, that was unpleasant. I'm all right though. I'm all right. Oh, thank God. <laughs> well, all the all the numbers talk hasn't been put in your sleep just yet, but. It, did almost choke you, you nearly to death. killed me. <laughs> almost killed you. Well, no, yeah. it was actually you. You said something that made me laugh while I was drinking, which triggered the water, the poor water swallowing. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry about that, Ash. Uh, I'll keep that in mind for next time, mate. Don't you worry about it that. It's okay. But um, I guess just out of like, out of the switch, like the actual like amount of switches sold, the new games that have came out this year, like. There's not, I don't think there's one first party Nintendo game under a million, which you probably might expect just seeing how stuff is selling on Switch at the moment. But with um, 80, 89 million Switches as of the end of June, nevertheless, that was a month ago at this point, how do you see the Switch going going forward in the future? Do you see it selling a lot more than this? There's the OLED model coming out in October. That's going to push a lot more. There's going to be the big rush at Christmas, people getting in for Pokemon and Maybe even some old Nintendo fans coming back for uh, Metroid Dread as well. Like, there's there's still a lot of life left in the Switch. It's gonna it's gonna smash the Wii. Um, I hope. I think uh, you know it deserves to. I feel like. But as far as like catching platforms, the platforms what it that it needs to catch to like really be impressive. It, if it catches PlayStation Four at about 120 million units, then that will be like holy shit. Like that'll be really really impressive. But then, then beyond PlayStation 4, we're looking at Nintendo DS at 154 million and we're looking at PS2 at about 155 million. So whether it will get to that much, I don't, I don't think it will. I think they, those are tremendous numbers, but gaming has grown so much since then. And if Nintendo can keep this momentum going, keep the software coming out, keep people interested with different revisions and hardware implementations... Who knows? I think um, I'm just, I, I get really, ex- I get like somewhat really excited when I'm just like looking at these numbers, like not because I'm like, oh yes, Nintendo's making some money, but it's just, uh, it's interesting to keep an eye on just seeing how like gaming has evolved because like with the PS2, the biggest driver of that was just like people just really loving the DVD playing aspect of it. Like 
Grand Theft Auto was massive and pushed a lot of units as well. But like as far as like what PlayStation were doing with like first party titles, um, like Jack and Daxter and all that type of thing, like you know they they were great games, but they weren't pushing PlayStation twos. But now with Switch, like people are buying it for Nintendo games. There's no DVD player yeah. in the Switch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you I think? Actually, forgot. Yeah, I didn't even. I'd never factored in the DVD player as such, like a big driving factor for PlayStation Two. But that makes perfect sense. That's when. Yeah. That was the birth of DVDs. The time that that came out, and DVD players used to be really expensive. Because mm. um, I remember. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say because like the bit where it sunk in for me when I was um we went on a holiday in Tasmania. T- Tasmania. We um we hired like a RV van which had like a tv in it and it had like a ps2 just tucked in the side of it like so like they probably just bought like they're probably like the cheapest smallest dvd player to get so they just bought it for all of these rvs so i'm like yeah well probably like, it's never played a game probably like a lot of playstation 2s never played a game just just watch movies on play dvds yeah <laughs> yeah i um i th- i still see it shipping a lot of shipping a lot of copies uh i still see it pushing a lot of consoles the switch um there's still so much more to come there's a lot coming out especially yeah with games like metroid coming as well that'll bring i don't know if it's so much as like a different audience but it'll bring a lot of people that would only play their more intense games on other consoles into because it's only on nintendo and on the switch and i don't think there's that off the top of my head, I don't think there's many, really any other games like that that are exclusive to the Switch. So I think that will be a driving factor for quite a few. I think that the... Honestly, I don't see the OLED selling any better than the current model is at as it is. I think it'll sell a lot around Christmas time, definitely. But I think for the most... Like, I'm not getting it for the most part. No one else apart from you that I know. And is Bryce getting one? Uh, no, no. Yeah, well, see, I think you're the only person I know that already has a Switch that's going to get the OLED because I'm not going to get it. None of my other friends are. I'm not saying that I, if I didn't already have a Switch, I would definitely get the OLED. It looks amazing. Oh, yeah. mm. But I've already got one and I don't need another one. I pretty much only ever play my Switch docked anyway, so I definitely don't need the OLED. No. It does look very pretty though. But yeah, um, I think... And, yeah, mostly for um, new people getting them that don't already have them. I think most people, that, like the older audience pro- that do want to play the Switch probably already have one. So the ones that sell, I th- most of the newer ones that sell would be probably for kids. And I think that with the OLED being more expensive, a lot of parents would probably lean more towards the light over the OLED just because the OLED's even more expensive than the current flagship. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I could, they could all ship OLEDs. They could just, their kids might have tantrums in the big W electronics <laughs> section. Say, I want the OLED. I want the OLED. I want the better screen quality, man. <laughs> but I mean, Personally, I don't see the OLED selling overly too well. It won't sell poorly, but I just like I. It'll probably it'll there'll be a big rush of sales as soon as it comes out. There'll be a lot around Christmas, but then apart from that, I think it'll probably sell maybe about the same rate as the current one. Maybe even maybe a little bit lower because people might lean towards the 
light because this one pushes the price mark up a little bit. But yeah, that's just anyway. I could be completely wrong. I don't know. I'm not a a, a marketing specialist or anything like that. I'm just a a dumb boy. You know, doctor. That's for sure. Mm. No, absolutely not. <laughs> now, if I was a doctor, I might be able to swallow my water properly. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I don't know how it's going to sell because, like, here in Australia, I pre-ordered it straight away. Like, oh, I've got to get in quick, but you can still literally pre-order one right now, months later. So, um, But in the States, that wasn't the case. People had, like, a really hard trouble getting one. I had a really hard time getting it, and it, it sold out. So not quite sure what the go is over there compared to here. It seems really easy here, and it seemed pretty hard over there. But um, I guess we'll find out by Christmas time. See if it hit the 100 million. If it can sell another 11 million, we'll see. So as far as like the get the best selling games on Switch, the top 10, uh, Ring Fit Adventure at number 10, which is which is always interesting. <laughs> yeah, very surprising. So that sold 11.26 million copies. Uh, Super Mario Party has sold 15. Point Seven two million copies. Splatoon two has sold twelve point four five million copies. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee has sold thirteen point five seven million. Pokemon Sword and Shield has sold twenty one point eight five million. Super Mario Odyssey has sold uh, twenty one point four million. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild has sold twenty three point two million. Super Smash Brothers 24.77 million. Been a nice casual jump up to Animal Crossing New Horizons 33.89 million and Mario, Mario, uh, Mario Kart, which has sold 37.08 million. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's just like just, just the top 10. It's just Jesus Christ. So, if anything else is going to enter them, what, what would you expect it to be? Would you expect anything else to be like a massive hit this year? Because personally, I don't really. Nah, yeah. It's going to be a pretty no. pretty hard group to get into. I'm um, just trying to think of what else has just recently come out or is to come out this year. But no, yeah, not definitely not this year, no. I think that, yeah, those numbers are pretty staggering. And especially like when you get titles that you don't expect to get anywhere near that mark, like Ring Food Adventure in particular... You just think that you never, it just goes to show you do never know what is going to get up there. Mm. For the most part, you do, but you'll get those, those roughies, the smokies that <laughs> just, just do so much better than you would ever have thought. But no, yeah, I personally, definitely, I don't see anything, anything new being in there this year. Yeah. Like, I don't see the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes getting in there, taking over, um, no, definitely not, and taking over any of these and, don't know. I'd expect that to hit at least 10 million though, but yeah, we'll see how well that goes in Pokemon um, Legends Arceus next year. Hope, I hope that gets in there because oh. I, I want Game Freak to get the message that that is what we want. So if that sells anything less I, than 10 million, that would be a bit of a shame for that series. Certainly hope so. I just, I just like, I don't, I just want it to be good. That's, that's my main concern. That, that would be good. It, yes, I would like it. It looks. <laughs> Amazing! I'm more, way more excited for that than I am for Breath of the Wild Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like a, you know me, I'm a diehard Legend of Zelda fan, but it just, it just looks so good. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm more excited about it because it. I've just put Breath of the Wild Two just 
so far in the back of my head. I'm like, at E3, I'm like, ooh, and it just went to the back of my head as well just because, like, I don't know when this is coming out. They said it's. They said they're going to try for next year. Try. They said they're going to try. Look good on you. I don't know. Last time you said you're going to release it, you got a two-year delay for Breath of the Wild. So I don't know how much faith I want to put into you. It's going to be fantastic when it gets here, and it's going to be worth it, but... Hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the other thing with Breath of the Wild, though, Breath of the Wild 2, is, like, they'd have to do... They'd have to... I don't even know what they could do to make it a bad game because they've they've got, like, they're reusing most of the stuff from the first one. The first one was a brilliant game, so... You've got the foundations there. You just need to give us another good story, put in a few new elements that work, and we'll love it. But then with the Pokemon one, is it's all brand new. It's built from the ground up, and I think that's probably why I'm more excited for it. If if they were put side by side, like if that Legends Arceus was going to come out day one with alongside Breath of the Wild, then I'd probably have been more excited for Breath of the Wild. But right, yeah, for, yeah, for for this, I'm definitely more excited for Legends Arceus. I'm so keen for it. And I'm just so stoked that Cyndaquil is one of the starters as well. It's like my favourite starter from every generation. Him and Mudkip, my two oh, favourites. Yes. What wonderful choices. Um, I, <laughs> I, I lo- I'm going to choose Oshawott in this. I love Oshawott. Oshawott, I remember when I first saw it, when uh, they announced it as the starter Pokemon for Black and White. Uh, yeah, Black and White. And I'm like, oh, what is this ugly, bloody clown-looking... Otter thing. <laughs> I, I chose Snivy, went through the game, and uh, Superior, it kind of like, I kind of liked it less by the end of the game. I'm like, eh. Then I replayed it again, I chose Oshawott. I'm like, oh, I love Oshawott. Evolving into Dewot, then Samurott. Oh, give it to me. I want that bloody little boy following me around the Sinnoh region. Yes, please. Absolutely. So f- after the Game Boy Advance, for quite some time, I actually didn't have a DS. Mm-hmm. Like while the DS was around, I got it got into it much later, and I missed Black and White because of that. And I'm pretty sure after that, the first Pokemon game I tried to play again was uh, Ultra Sun. All right, <laughs> and yeah. I hated it, so I mm. played it for about five six hours maybe, and then I didn't play it again. So I missed a lot of Pokemon. And then I, I played Sword and Shield, obviously, when they came out. Fucking loved it. It was you awesome. did like it. Yeah, cool. Yep. Yeah. It was... I thought what I've found with a lot of the newer Pokemon games, it's just too easy. Oh, yeah. They, they, yeah, they got really easy. So easy. It's almost more difficult to lose than it is to win. So... But apart from that, it, the game's still very enjoyable. The story was great. It was all, like, brand new with the, on the Switch. That was brilliant as well. But, yeah... They don't pose much of a challenge anymore, which is a bit of a shame. They used to be really hard back in the day. They were so hard and unforgiving. Yeah, like, even if you go back to Pokemon Emerald, I wouldn't say, like, it's hard necessarily, but there's definitely more to it than... There's a lot more thought that goes into some battles, like, you know, like, uh, was it Tate and Eliza, like, the double battle? Like, that was was hard, Um, depending on, like, what starter Pokemon you chose as well. Like, Roxanne, if you... I know you could evolve your Torchic into a Combuscan to get the fighting type advantage, but you know that that could be hard as well. So I remember even Brawly, the fighting type gym leader on a Duford Town. Like I remember losing to him a f- few times as well. Like you know, but 
The idea of losing against a gym leader now is just kind of unheard of. But yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed um, Sword and Shield at least because, um, you know, you're back into the series. Yeah, so I had a massive like. It, it was a lot of learning for me playing Sword and Shield as well because, like, a lot of the Pokemon that I just assumed were new to this region were like, oh, no, that's, a, like, a couple of regions ago. I just didn't play that game because I didn't have the console at the time. Mm. So, yeah, there was, like, a lot of Pokemon that I didn't even really know, which, yeah, it was cool to go through the Pokedex and look at them all and see, oh, yeah, that's that one. That's from this region. Yeah, no, it's good. I actually, I really enjoyed... Which one do I have? I have Shield. I didn't get both. <laughs> I got the dual pack. Yeah, really I'm enjoyed a good it. Boy, I'm a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good shill. Um, yeah, I would, I would, I would recommend uh, actually black and white and black and white too. If you do want to go back to a, a previous Pokemon game but you haven't played, um, I probably wouldn't recommend any of the 3DS ones over that. Be definitely black and white. And I mean, with Diamond and Pearl remakes coming out, you can catch up on that aspect and that region through those games. I think so. Oh, sorry, no, I've told you a lie. I played Pokemon Y. As well, which you, I actually did enjoy. You lying bastard. Oh, wait, that's it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I completely forgot about it. I did enjoy it. I didn't think it was anything special, but it was fun for what it was. And then I tried to play. Uh, it was the second release of Sun and Moon. Was it Ultra Sun? Is it Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon? Yeah, they had um, yeah, Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Yeah, I tried to play Ultra Sun and I just, I just didn't like it. I didn't like all the... They tried to... Because they tried something new and for me it didn't work. Mm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes stuff feel, falls flat for some people. I I personally didn't like it very much either. So I'm probably in the same boat as you. Mm. All right. So... No. Yeah. Sorry. I, I was just... No, gonna, I was just going to say, no, I got back into it for <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. and I enjoyed S.H.I.E.L.D. So I'm back in. I'm back on. Who's back, everyone? Don't you worry about that. Yeah, she's back. <laughs> Uh, I guess as it's continuing on with a little bit of the the trend for numbers and such, I thought this was just like an in- interesting sort of uh, Nintendo's target demographic just to make us 20-year-old and pluses feel a little bit bad about ourselves, a little bit more self-conscious. But um, this is from VentureBeat, and they just go into how um, Nintendo has been spending their advertising money. And while that doesn't sound uh, all that uh, interesting, and maybe maybe it's not, I don't really know, but... They're by far the biggest spender of video game advertising on TV. They take up um, 47.7% of all of gaming's advertising spending on television for the, ad, for the ad spending. And it's just got here, it's got it compared to the other platforms. So, um, for example, Xbox, they spend uh, $4.2 million and their top network they advertise on is the ESPN and the top show they advertise during is the NBA Basketball and it's the same for PlayStation as well. They're big, big uh, pushes for the ESPN, and uh, their top show is Sports Center. So you know, they're what they're going for is very much like oh, say the casuals who just want to pick up Call of Duty, NBA, FIFA, that type of thing. That is the audience they're advertising towards, and probably maybe some of the other other av- advertising for like say Horizon. Uh, Last of Us Part 2, some of their big games, they'll be pushing more towards the IGNs and stuff like that, trying to get the hardcore demographic to um, you know, buy their console for their, those types of games. But uh, Nintendo, we know Nintendo is a very different platform and the advertising dollar speaks for it as well. So they, um, <laughs> their top network they, uh, <laughs> they advertise on is the Disney Channel and the top show that they 
air during is SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants is Nickelodeon. Don't know. It's um, it's well, it's the top show anyway. So maybe they go on a different. Um, oh, maybe yeah, the top show could be from a different channel. That would make yeah. sense. But yeah, that oh, that is pretty funny. Funny you should say that. I am wearing this jumper. Is a SpongeBob SquarePants quote. <laughs> oh, is it really? Oh, there you go. Yeah. So they got you. They got you. Yeah, yeah. Well, like reverse somehow. I ended up with a SpongeBob. Oh, I've got both. I've got the Nintendo stuff as well. No, yeah, that. Yeah, that is quite funny actually that you say that. I was you said you you said you thought this might be boring. I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not sure. Some people just talk about the bloody video games. I want to hear about Kirby. I'm like, well. Calm down, boys. It's all right. It did, did make me feel quite old. It does, doesn't it? Just like, yeah, just PlayStation and Xbox, that, you know, they're going for a very similar, well, even like top the top spending is on the same channel, whereas Nintendo's like, you know, we've got to get them young, get them obsessed. So when they're 27, <laughs> they start up their own Nintendo podcast. They keep talking <laughs> about it. Yeah, we, I know what you're doing, Nintendo. I know what you're doing. I'm not that naive. All right. I mean, it's working it's very working. well. It's working. I'll buy your bloody port of Metopia, your bloody Robin bastards. <laughs> um, but the uh, the top five networks by impressions for Nintendo ads include uh, Nickelodeon, which is at uh, 26%, uh, Disney, 24%, Cartoon Network, Nicktoons, Dis- and Disney XD. So all the kids' shows or kids' channels across pretty much across the spectrum as well. So. Um, there's a lot more sort of uh, stats to go into, but I, I think that's enough. But yeah, I just thought that was an interesting thing to bring up. Like, just we all know that uh, Nintendo's just got a very kid-focused audience, and that like, we kind of lose sight of that sometimes. Like, oh, we're talking about Pokemon, we should make it harder. Should be harder. Should be the hardest yeah. game ever made. But yeah, you know what? They've done the market research. They want it be, want it to be easy, so younger kids can get no, into it. No, I, I definitely understand that. I un- I know why they've made it easy. I understand why, and it makes sense. But it'd just be nice if they'd give you an option to... God forbid. ...make it more difficult. Yeah, it would be very easy for them to do. Pokemon don't do options. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, <laughs> Let's Go, Eevee, they're just like, tell you what, we've got these motion controls. Uh, we only have motion controls. Say, if you, <laughs> say if, you, if you've got, like, um, if you've hurt your wrist, if you're, you know disabled if you know if you, if you can't play it you can't play it uh you could just use the joystick or the touch screen or any other method the switch has it's got a lot it's got like the most input methods of any of the three systems but god forbid we give you another one and um they never updated it never did anything so yeah yeah we know what they're like i i say it would be nice to have the option i know i'll never get it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because uh, it, it would be nice though. Yeah, in Pokemon Black and White, they had a they had a hard and an easy mode. Like, oh, fantastic! I'll play the, <laughs> I'll play the hard mode. Thank you very much. And then they turn around and say, "Well, well, well, slow down, slow down. You've got to play through the game. And once you finish the game, you unlock a mode. But easy mode is exclusive to white, and hard mode is exclusive to black. And if you want to play through the game on said said mode you would have to have another copy of the game trans like mixed records so then they would have access to oh, that mode no. i'm like tell you what um how about we just go start game easy normal hard that'd be great 
Because the way they implemented it was ridiculous. The way they never heard about that. The way they implemented it was really good. Like, uh, like the gym leaders, they had a full team of Pokemon instead of like I think it was the four. Uh, They're like EV trained and like smarter AI and stuff like that. Like it's what we want, (laughs) and they yeah they locked it away. I never got to play it because how how could I? I finished the game. I'm like, well, I want to start hard mode, hard mode, but it's not even like it's not even a simple reset. Then choose hard mode. It's Transfer it to a friend <laughs> and trans- reset your game and transfer it back. It's like, oh, the Nintendo Game Freak. What are you doing? Anyway, talking about- Sounds like it would have been harder for them to make it like that than it would have been for them to just give you a menu option. Mm. I don't understand. No, no, we we don't understand. Here at the House of Mario, we're constantly baffled by a lot of uh, decisions <laughs> Nintendo make. Just like, hmm. So- we're paying for this online service, right? And uh, we've got cloud saves, but they don't work that well. And you're not putting virtual console games up there when once we want. What about Earthbound and stuff? But you're bringing out like Jiggle Jiggle's Biggle Boggle instead. It's like, hmm. Anyway, I don't know. There's, we love Nintendo, but we hate them at the same time. They're very frustrating. But uh, I guess talking about... We love Nintendo, but we hate everything they do and what they stand for. Everything, just <laughs> they're like you know. We're, we're, we love them. We're all we're all about bringing gaming to the family. I was like, we fucking hate it. Give us the most hardcore <laughs> shit you've got. <laughs> I hate families and connecting with people. Give me a game where I can rip someone's spine out and use their spine as dental floss. Mm. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, you've got Mortal Kombat and, and let me pick easy, normal, or hard in the menu at the start of that game. <laughs> Um, but I guess we'll, we we better talk about some uh, good things Pokemon are doing. So there's been an update for Pokemon Snap. Uh, it's a free update. It's out now. I haven't played it yet. Um, but it's basically adding 20 new Pokemon, three new stages to uh, play. So if you if you want more Pokemon Snap, they've given it to you for free, which is which is good. Uh, I I enjoyed Pokemon Snap. I I was never like hyped for it, and I got what I expected. Pretty much, it's a nice, fun game. I've got to go back and, you know, see some more things in the in the game. Um, I know Ash, you said about it before that it didn't maybe capture you like the original on Nintendo sixty four captured you. But something like this, would you be keen to go back and try it, or you like, yeah, just whatever, more content? Um, who well, cares? I never finished it, so I assume that those three courses are probably still locked away for me. I don't know. I haven't looked into this. I would, if they were just like there and I could just jump in and play them because at this point I still have to unlock more courses and stuff. If I could just jump in and play them straight away, then I'd probably do it. But yeah, I I still, I really enjoyed it. I got, yeah, exactly what I expected from it. But it, what I expected from it, I knew wasn't going to be enough for me to stick with it to finish the entire game. And I didn't. And I knew that was going to happen, but I still bought it and played it because I... Enjoyed it, and I knew that I would. Yeah, I got exactly what I expected, and yeah. Um, so, yeah, if I could jump in and play them and they were just available for me straight away, which they might be, I don't actually know, I haven't looked into it, then I'd probably give it a go. But if it was a case of me having to keep going on the same courses I've already got to then unlock one more and then do that and then just keep going through that same thing that you have to do, like how the game's actually meant to be played, Yeah, I just can't be bothered personally because <laughs> I didn't finish it. Yeah, some of the new there's a level that um like makes you like a mini, and then you're going around you're, like looking and taking photos of gigantic Pokemon. So that that's like it's kind of like a cool 
cool idea on the whole um, sort of just from the perspective of things, making Pokemon that you might have seen before, but like there's there in the trailer, there's like a massive worm pool just like walking. You're like, oh, wow. And it'll probably get like <laughs> <laughs> just crushed by it. Alrighty, so uh, the last story before we uh, wrap things up. So this is from gamesindustry.biz and the title is Nintendo gets 3 million from Coppel in patent suit settlement. And this has been a settlement that's been going on for years and I just heard about it just sort of searching through gamesindustry.biz um, just seeing if there was any anything Nintendo related there. But the article reads, Nintendo's three-year patent battle with mobile maker uh, Coppel has been settled. The two companies announced today. Under the terms of the agreement, Nintendo will receive uh, $30 million, <laughs> million from Colpel and drop the suits while the White Cat Project publisher gets future licensing rights to the six uh, Nintendo-held patents at the heart of the dispute. And I was, this article actually doesn't go into what like the, the things over. And this has been something that's been going on since 2018. And just, it's just like a, as someone who's like not a game developer, not in the games industry, this is like, it seems like really basic stuff. So just interested to see what your take on this, whether you think this is worth getting sued over by Nintendo of all people. So this is just from another article, which I've pulled, pulled here. So it just quote, Silicon, uh, Silicon Era details the five patents White Cat Project reportedly infringes while the fi- while filed by Nintendo between 2001 and 2006 so yeah this is they filed it like a few years ago but this has been something that's obviously been on their t- tip of their tongue for a long time uh, long before smart holds uh, smartphones took hold the filings cover various innovations such as a shadowing effect whereby characters obscured by view by in-game objects can be seen as shadows so you might recognize this from like say Mario Galaxy or a lot of the Mario games where where you go behind a rock and you see the like the silhouette of Mario, that is one of the things this company is being sued over. Wow! Uh, other patents cover characters automatically attacking an enemy near a point where the touch screen is pressed, a confirmation screen before exiting sleep mode, multiplayer connectivity functions, and the technology used to operate a joystick over a touch panel. It's like. Don't a lot of fucking even, games do this? Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't even know that those were aspects that could be patented. Yeah, it sounds like, like aren't very they just, um, basic in-game things. effects. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them. It sounds like very basic things. And like, I, I'd, I'd never heard of the White Cat project before. Either. It's like a it's a, it's like a mobile Japanese only game. So, you know, in the West, know nothing about it pretty much. But the article continues on. It says the suit was dragged on since uh, December 2017, but the situation appeared uh, to turn in Nintendo's favor this year as the Switch maker increased its monetary demands. In February, Nintendo raised the amount it claimed to be owed um, from $40 million million, uh, to... Oh, sorry, $40 million to $45 million. But in April, it nearly doubled that demand by... Uh, by pushing the claim to $89 million. Uh, Coppel acknowledged the role uh, those increased claims played in its decision to cut the deal, saying, subsequently, the company uh, <laughs> uh, 
demand uh, that it would be best to resolve the matter as soon as possible uh, through a settlement and now has reached an agreement on the settlement. Uh, a switch version of the White Cat project uh, remind, remains at works at Cobble. So what's really interesting about this as well is this publisher is actually porting this game to Switch. And Yeah, that is quite odd, isn't it? <laughs> and how they work is like, uh, I guess like the third-party relations team at Nintendo and like the legal side of things, so they're completely separate. So Nintendo very happy to have a, another popular game, especially in Japanese markets, on their platform, but also... The legal side of things like, oh, no, 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 you can't do this. But like, surely, surely that's not a, surely like this uh, shadowing effect and like the joystick and like interaction on a touchscreen and stuff. It's like, really? But yeah, mm. it's just like when you say it, I'd hear that and I'm like, that just, it doesn't sound like it's worth $30 million to me. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, no. I And it all just sounds like things maybe... The joystick one, I can kind of see because if it's a specific technique that Nintendo developed and put, like used themselves and they patented that, then I can see that. If you just then copied their design and used that, well, that's obviously, you can't do that. But all, all of the other ones, I'm like, I didn't even know that those were things that could be patented. They sound just like cool in-game effects. I didn't know that you could, you had to have them different. I thought... Yeah, people c- copy other people's stuff in game all the time. You see it every day. If you look through Steam for a few hours, just look at random games. You're like, oh, well, this is just a clone of this game, and things like that. But yeah, I did didn't know that. I didn't even know that was things that could be done. Yeah, I think just like from my perspective of like not knowing like jack shit about coding and stuff but i think the idea is maybe they use the same code and like they they can make this effect but whether they can use that particular code to like have the same sort of outcome it's probably a big no-no nintendo probably looked into it and said hey like we we developed this uh, this formula to make this happen in our game and you're doing the same thing you're not you haven't come up with your own way to make your character's silhouette um, appear behind an object or you haven't done your own engine to use a joystick on a touchscreen. Um, so I think that's where it comes from. So just protecting their code and their sort of IP. But yeah. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about it like that. I didn't consider that they actually copied the code. Um, yet, oh, in that case, I guess I kind of understand that they would seek for damages yeah, because even it, though there's not really any damage, is there? But still, it doesn't seem like it's anywhere near worth what it became. <laughs> yeah, I think they just like pretty much scared them as well, being like, "All right, guys, we're serious. If you lose this, you're gonna probably go under with the amount of money they're asking for." So just a settlement, just like right, get it over yeah. and done with. Um, but like to be fair, Ash, like it never said anything about code in here. But that's just where I'm coming from. Just been like, yeah, you know, just like it's not the idea because, you know. Yeah, I don't think they can have like. There's no other game from any other publisher where a silhouette of your character doesn't like appear. Like it does. Like you know, in The Last of Us and stuff like that, you can see yourself behind like um, cover and stuff if you like swing the camera and that. So it's not it's not an exclusive idea Nintendo had, but I think it's just the way they might have implemented it. But I could be I could be completely wrong. I probably am to be fair. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Mm. Never really know with Nintendo what they're going to go for. No. They've been very 
They've been quite overzealous lately with their lawsuits. There's been a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, they'll just be in their HQ, but we haven't had a lawsuit in a while. Let's, uh, <laughs> they, they go on the app store. Oh, what are they? like, oh, look at, that. Look at these silhouettes. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's this uh, touchscreen control stick? We did that. Oh, we better remove them and sue them. Oh, well. Yeah. Good on you, Nintendo. You've got to make your money somehow, eh? Not selling enough switches. It's all good. <laughs> all right. So oh, that's uh, definitely making a lot of money. Yeah. That's all the news, Ash. Are you, are you happy you got through it? Are you still alive? Did you fall asleep? Did you die? Did you choke? <laughs> no. I survived. The choking was the biggest concern that I had. But no, I survived. I got through it all pretty well. I actually do like getting into the numbers as well. I think the numbers are quite interesting. I think that they don't change that greatly between quarters and whatnot. But I, I do like listening to it. I do think it's interesting. Excellent. No, I, um, I, I didn't need help getting through it. Well, next uh, next quarter, I'll sack Bryce and I'll have you back on then. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I can be your quarters man. <laughs> <laughs> Quarter man. All right. So let's, uh, let's move into the um, House of Mario Red Coin releases and uh, talk about some games coming to Nintendo eShop. Alrighty, guys. So I've got three games here which I want to talk about. I don't know if Ash can hear me while I've got the music playing. Ash, can you hear me? He's going so so. <laughs> so so. <laughs> so the first uh, game is Dodgeball Academia. And the blurb is Join Rocky, Rookie Dodgeball Student Otto and an electric cast of characters in Dodgeball Academia as they train to dominate and. Uh, and dominate and. It's like broken up here, like uh, the word is split and dominate uh, on and off the courts. Okay. Uh, on his fast-paced sports RPG. It's really weird how it shows up on my screen because like the words like split up on like two different lines. And I just couldn't put it together in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is probably the highlight for me this week. It, I, I saw it because it came to Xbox Game Pass as well. So I'll be, I'll be trying it there. But it's basically like a dodgeball RPG game which looks really interesting, just like yeah, turn-based RPG. I did see it on Game Pass as well, and I thought I looked at the title and went, oh, that's going to be crap. But then I actually saw some of like what it actually is, and I was like, oh, no, it actually just it looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably give that a go on Game Pass as well once I finish Skyward Sword. It has like a really nice sort of hand-drawn art style, nice and colourful, so I'm going to give it a shot. Um, so if you want it on Nintendo Switch, you can get it for $33.75, 10% off at the moment. So get on that if that interests you. Uh, the next game is a Monsters Expedition. And a Monsters Expedition is from some of the best puzzle designers in the world comes a Monsters Expedition, an adorable and relaxing open world puzzle adventure for monsters who love to learn about humans. So that sounds pretty, that sounds pretty, that's a nice little introduction there, actually. So just a nice little uh, puzzle game um, where you can walk around and sort of interact with the world. It's like an isometric uh, game where you're figuring out puzzles and stuff. Got nice art style, nice and colourful. Another sort of hand-drawn sort of look to it. 20% off at the moment. You can get it for $20.16 on the eShop. So go and jump into that one. And uh, last but not least is uh, uh, Pitcross S Mega Drive and Master System Edition. So an exciting collaboration between Pitcross S and characters from the hit games on the Sega Master System and Genesis. So I know people like Pitcross out there. It's been one of those puzzle games I've been meaning to pick one up and actually get into. 
Um, so I would like to give one of these games a go. You can get this one for 15 bucks if that interests you. If you're a big Sega fan, you can play Picross and unlock sprites of Sonic and many more Sega characters. But apart from that, that's all my recommendations for this week. Uh, just to let you guys know that uh, Dr. Mario World on um, iPhone and Android will be leaving on uh, the 31st of October. So if you care about that, which none of you do, don't worry about it. It's leaving. Don't spend any money, which you can't anyway, because I've locked it off. And uh, an announcement as well for a release date. Uh, uh, was it Boldo? The Guardian Hours is coming to Nintendo Switch on the 27th of August. And this is a really, really pretty looking sort of indie Zelda-like game. It looks very much like uh, Nino Kuni. Just like a really nice sort of anime art style. Similar to like uh, Studio Ghibli. Um, just really, really nice. Um, it's not quite as polished and refined looking as Nino Kuni because it is an indie game. So the budget isn't um, <laughs> that high for it. But it's really nice, nice nevertheless. So you'll be able to pick that one up at the end of this month. And I actually noticed that I noticed the release date because I was looking around the App Store. It's actually coming to Apple Arcade as well. So I'll probably play it there because free is good. Free is good, Ash. Absolutely it is. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, sort of the recommendations for this week. Nothing too big, but uh, fun nevertheless. Go and spend your money how you like. So Ash, that brings us to the end, my friend. Anything else you'd like to say before we say au revoir? Um, no, not particularly. I just have been looking over at my other monitor the entire time and I don't know that it, it's only just clicked for me, but the thing I've been looking at that's on my other monitor is it's on Steam and the the it's in my library and the game that's actually pulled up is that it's clicked on is the I Love You Colonel Sanders dating sim. And oh. I've just been looking at the banner for that for the entire for the entire podcast and I've only just clicked. I'm like, oh, that's what that is. <laughs> He's a dreamy man, that Colonel Sanders. He can cook some chicken. He, he can break some hearts, those, I'll tell you that. Those cheekbones. Those crispy cheekbones. You know, a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a original recipe on those cheekbones there, Colonel. Ooh, he's got some of the secret herbs and spices on those bones. Oh, he does, doesn't he? He's got, God, he's a, he's a dreamy man. Dreamy man. What, a, what, a, what an outfit. So iconic. Now, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to ruin the kernel for anyone, but just if you see the KFC logo and you see like his tie and like the cross, it looks like he's just a stick figure with the kernel's head on it, <laughs> which is uh, which is unfortunate. Well, you've absolutely ruined the kernel for everybody that is listening. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to ruin the kernel, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening to episode 201 of The House of Mario. If you'd like to leave us an Apple Podcasts review, you're more than welcome to. In fact, we have an Apple Podcast review from Wacko Jacko, and it reads, The best Nintendo podcast from the first time I heard the doors opening uh, and closing of The House of Mario 200. Um, It's one of the most Australian podcasts you'll ever hear, full of gaming banter including the times where Bryce constantly pulling hate on Gen 4 Pokemon. Bryce does hate Generation 4 of Pokemon. It's true. Uh, here's hoping you guys get old mate Reggie on the show. P.S. I wish the Apple Podcast app would give you the option of 120 power star rating. And you know what? That is a, a big sort of emission from Apple. You know, they're, they're a trillion dollar company, but fuck me. Where is that feature? Just bullshit. Apple, get on your shit. I like your, I like, I do like your products, Apple, but 
just that feature, you know, I'll go on Android next year. I'll tell you what, just no good. <laughs> All right. So we also have a Discord community, which you can get involved with. You can join in. You can have fun. You can talk to people. You can do lots of things on Discord. It's a great, it's a great app. It's a great service. It's a, it's a great free service as well. There's a link to that in the show notes to get involved in that. Ash is a part of it. I'm a part of it. Bryce is sometimes a part of it when he feels like being sociable. He's, he's a bit of a hermit crab, Bryce. He likes um, just getting around with his shell. But- um, I just got a message from good friend of the show, Dave Langley, who's told you to check the chat. Check the chat. So what is so we're live on YouTube.com slash iDruby at the moment. So we'll see, we'll see what, the, what he says in the chat. Uh, Mystic Umbreon Drew. So has he said anything that's actually worth it? X and Y was easier. Than- I don't know. Okay. Okay, so he's putting some crude stuff in the chat. Dave, that's no good, mate. <laughs> I'm not reading that on the show, you bloody bastard. <laughs> oh, God. I probably I could have just checked it myself, really, and been like, oh, yeah, we don't need to. <laughs> but oh, well, that's all right. He just told me to tell you to check it. Mm. <sighs> bloody hell, Ash. Anyway, um, anything. Cheeky bugger that, Dave. <laughs> anything you'll like to plug, Ash? Maybe cracking furfies? Yeah, I'd always be happy to give Kraken Furfies a plug. It's good fun. We just, it's a lot more banter filled than this. We just basically talk shit for an hour, an hour and a, maybe an hour and a half sometimes. And it's, yeah, it's good fun. We try to trip each other up on fake news stories. So, yeah, I'll give that a plug. I don't really have anything else to plug. I'm not on socials or anything. So, just keep listening to this. Give Kraken Furfies a whirl if you've got a bit of free time. And if not, that is fine. Yeah. Anyway, guys, the doors, the House of Mario 201 are closed. I'll catch you later.